Massive sell-off, ladies and gentlemen. Wall Street took a dive today after another hot inflation report. This time, the producer price index came in hot, hot, hot. Almost double what Wall Street economists were expecting. The Dow was down 430 points today, Thursday, February 16, 2023. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> And both of us have a very special guest today, J.C. Peretz, the founder and CEO of AllStarCharts.com. J.C., welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. Listen, it's quite it's quite an honor. I, I was a big Toby fan many, many, many years ago. Uh, so, you know, to be on the same podcast with him, pretty cool for, for a nerd like myself. No doubt you know, about that. And we're, we're all big fans of Toby Smith. That's for sure. Man, I, wait a minute. When, where, does it, where does the kiss my ass part of this podcast start? I like, can we just do this every time we open up the show? Oh, I'll, I'll Toby, get you. Okay, you you you'll see. We talk long enough. I'll stick it to you. All right, Toby. All right. Toby will Toby will be sending you a signed eight by ten. That's for sure. And that's for all the listeners and viewers that want to sign by eight by signed eight by ten. Just let us know, and we'll get one out to you. So, yeah. Toby, I want to start with you on today's show because what I don't understand is that you know we had Sam Stovall, Jeffrey Hirsch on. They're telling us how things are looking great. Um, we're actually may be having a mild recession, if one at all. And what do we have today? We have hot inflation. Retail sales yesterday were hot. Now you have Fed speakers that are coming out actually saying that, yes, we might be looking at a 50 basis point increase when they meet in March. What gives? Well, first off, props to JC. You know, as a technical analyst, he's been dead right. I focus, you know, we use we do use the technical to help in various things, but but we're more macro and we're more, you know, micro investors. But let me say this. Somewhere there's people, a lot of people smoking a serious bomb of <laughs> some drug that that makes them feel that the Fed was going to cut rates in September. And if you looked at the Fed futures three weeks ago, and A, and that B, that therefore that we're going to buy whatever the shittiest stocks were, whatever the shittiest companies were, we're going to buy those babies. And a bunch of people made a ton of money on that, right? And I think JC was way ahead of that trade. But in reality now, reality still has to you know come forward. And in reality, Finally, someone understands what I think I understand. I may have the only uh, PhD in economics here, is that there's no freaking way that the Fed, with all the entrenched inflation, forget about charts, forget about technicals, just talk about in, in actual sticky embedded inflation. There's no way they can knock it down to 2% with a 5% Fed funds rate. That, the, the math doesn't work. And Bullard came out later today and basically he's been saying the same thing. And so I think he's sort of been discounted in the market because Bullard's been saying the same thing for two years. But at some point, the data is the data. And uh, the, 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 you know, what do we used to say? The market got way ahead of its skis thinking that we we're going to have this, you know, immaculate mm -hmm. downturn. We're going to have this immaculate soft landing. We're going to have this immaculate where the facts are that if you if, if if you can't do two things, Todd, uh, yeah. our chairman of the Fed does not want to go down in history of being the next Arthur Burns, who cut rates too quickly, inflation came back, bad news. He's a history right. major. He's a history major, and and I think he has you know shown his guts a little bit here. It is not we're not going to have a rate cut in September, because there's no way if you do the math, and I have all the indexes and we have our own macro index, there's no way that, that service wages and shelter costs and all the sticky stuff are going to come down and they comprise 60% of the PCE, not the CPI, because the Fed doesn't care about CPI. 
So that's a long answer, a short question, but okay, you know, sometimes the markets just get distracted by shiny objects. And, and yeah, you're that's right. JC, what are the charts telling us? Because just a few weeks ago, like Toby said, I mean, it looked like bullish sentiment all the way. The sense from a lot of people in Wall Street was that we could be in for a really big run this year. But anything the charts are telling us that maybe the audience needs to know? Yeah, well, I'm not seeing that sort of sentiment at all with people thinking that we're going to have a great year. Every piece of data we look at suggests the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You know, when you look at the, the, the types of stocks that peaked in February of 2021, all the ARC, all that growth. Chinese internet, biotechnology, everybody had a SPAC. All of that peaked in February of 2021, and it came tumbling down. And we have the data. So were there shorts, people shorting stocks on the way down? <laughs> we, were, we were some of them. We were there too. But there were institutions with a lot of money shorting these stocks. Not only did they not cover last year, they were adding to positions on the way down to the point where they came into 2023 the most short sure, ever. those stocks that they ever were. Yeah. So did some people make money on the short side on the way there and take profits? No question. But in aggregate, they were more short than ever. So now you're seeing that unwind. The bull market started eight months ago today. The stock market bottomed on June 16th of 2022. That mm -hmm. was the day that the new 52-week lows list peaked. That is when the most amount of stocks were making new lows. By the time the S&P and the Dow and the NASDAQ made new lows in October, there were barely any stocks left making new lows. Most of them had already peaked, uh, excuse me, had already bottomed out in June and were already making higher lows. If you take every sector in the S&P 500 and you equally weight them, and so it's not just like Amazon and Apple, right. but equally weight them and get a broad look at each sector, consumer discretionary is up 30% off of those June lows. Industrials, financials, technology, all up over 20, 25% since those June lows. If you take a look at all of the stocks in the market, if you take a look at all of the sectors in the market, over the last eight months, and you tell me we've been in a bear market, you need to check yourself into a mental institution because <laughs> in bear markets, stocks go down. In yeah. bull markets, stocks go up. And for the last eight months, more and more stocks have been going up. More and more sectors are participating to the upside. More countries around the world are breaking out to new highs. The laggards are catching up to the leaders. In yeah. bear markets, the leaders catch down to the laggards. In bull right, so markets... I want to show you my JC. I want to show you my uh, charter. Oh, it's, blurry. it's blurry. It's blurry. <laughs> blurry. Nobody <laughs> likes a blurry chart. Though. All right. This is the new lows and new highs. 52 weeks new lows. Uh, I think I learned from JC uh, this years ago. I mean, I just, I've done it for 30 years. I just cut it out of the paper. And there's no question that in June, uh, I, you know, there was a, a, something like 550 lows. I mean, it was the entire page of the Wall Street Journal. And there was like six highs, right? So from that standpoint, totally uh, agree with you. The, the weird part to me was, and still is, that without factoring in shorting, which is clearly what happened with the ARKK crowd, I started looking at percent short. And when you add percent short plus uh, the new highs, new lows, I think that's where JC is, is, is dead right. On the other hand, in our product tankers, in our natural gas, in our everything that we that we uh, did in, in our Brexit trade, I call the JT the, the Russian exit, we're at 75%. So within the totality of the market, I, JC's point is well taken. Forget the freaking bullshit index that are all cap weighted that, that you know, if 
if Apple's down 2%, then the S&P's down 2%. Um, you, you know, if you look at the broad markets, there's opportunities there. And oh, by the way, in like these product tankers, which by the way, according to my very scientific chart here, seven hit 52 week highs, four hit all time highs today. There's always a bull market within a bear market. And I just, four PE product tankers paying eight to 15% dividends and up 30%. That makes me so happy. The best, Toby, so, is that they 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 delisted the shippers ETF right before all that. That's exactly right. <laughs> they also delisted the coal ETF. Uh, also uh, convenient, right? Yeah, that that may be that. I'm going to put that in the next book, JC, as as the buy signal of all time. Well, when they when they built the home building e ETFs, both ITB and XHB in 06, they both peaked uh, yeah. on their new issues and and went down 87 percent from there. Well, so, for that for that matter. You know, the SPAC guys, that was another signal in April of 2020. They've come out with the SPAC ETF and that thing's down like 78%. I mean, it's classic. It's, you're right. You're right. When all the sentiment has worked out to an ETF guy or gal and say, oh man, we can do this and we're going to take in a whole bunch of money. Ding, 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 ding. And I'm going to call it the JCP law. Okay. Just for you. Okay. Hey, so JC, you, I mean, you, you clearly are a student of this. You, you understand uh, the history and you, you're looking at obviously historical data to actually make that forecast going forward. But so many Wall Street strategists were talking about this January barometer when you had this great trifecta that took place. And once that hits, it's generally at a high 90% probability that you're going to have the markets rise this year. Now, before we go to the break, can you tell the audience, I mean, do you think that this trend like we saw today, are we going to see more of a bearish trend for the rest of the year? Or do you think things will rebound? Well, I mean, the S&P is where it was on Tuesday. So, you know, one day, one day doesn't make a trend. And well, yeah, I got already, that. I got that. But you're talking about if you're looking at the eight well, months February, period. You're right on the January barometer. As January yeah. goes, so goes the rest of the year. The hit rate's yeah. off the charts. Santa Claus rally came. First five days of the year were up. All perfectly normal. January was great. Uh, November through January in general is the best three-month period of the year. Stocks did great. No disappointments yeah. there. And then comes February. February is like a bad hangover. Did did people, uh, were people exuberant over the last three months? Were people partying? Uh, were some people acting uh, somewhat recklessly? Were some people behaving as though they were under the influence over the last couple of months? Yes, yes, across the board. And what happens when you party too much? There's that hangover. I hit it a little hard on Saturday night. We went to this charity gala, black tie, the whole thing. I felt that the next day I had way too much whiskey on Saturday night. It's a February is like that. And okay. the market is essentially digesting the over exuberance of the last three months, which by the way, it's not just this year is perfectly normal. This is perfectly normal market behavior. But let me remind you that of the entire four year presidential cycle, there's 16 quarters in those four years. The most bullish of all of those quarters is this one. So even though February is, we came into the month uh, knowing that this is is probably going to be a tough month and we're seeing it. It's been choppy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean the market needs to crash, but choppiness is well-deserved. Uh, I think March and April are setting up for a strong period and we are looking for uh, relative strength. We are looking for, we are spending our time looking for stocks to buy going into those months versus spending a lot of our time looking for stocks to sell. Yeah. Okay. And, and we'll talk just quickly. The, the other part that the listener at home is very hard to digest is what JC talked about, short covering. In other words, many people really don't understand that 
if I go out and I borrow the stock and I sell it, I'm going to make money when the stock goes down in value because I, when I buy it back, I'm buying it back for, for you know, much less than what I, uh, I sold it for. But we were so overshorted in, in January that in, and, and these are relatively thinly traded stocks, many of these things. That you, if, if you stepped in, because we look at all the dark pools, if you looked at all the dark pool activity, there was huge amounts of volume that wasn't getting on the Dow, you know, on the indexes. Uh, and that was short covering at the hedge fund and, you know, CTA levels, et cetera. So what I'm trying to say, there's mechanics behind what's happened that really had nothing to do with sentimentality or earnings per share or anything else. It had to do with unwinding all these shorts. And by the way, the guys who made the most money last year, of course, had were heavily short. And I don't have the stomach for being short. I use options for short. I can't, you know, I can't wake up. All I do is think back to 2001 when I have this hedge fund that was like a mutual fund that was like the number one performer. And then all of a sudden, we'd have a 30% spike up and all my profits went away um, and you, well, you couldn't effectively hedge. Well, that's all crazy, batshit, crazy stuff to the average investor. The average investor is saying, am I safe in holding stocks now? And I think we're saying, JC, is it for the year, uh, it's safe to be holding stocks? I, I can't tell other people what they should do. What's yeah. safe to me is not safe for other people. You know, I think you need to understand your objectives. You know, for me, you know, I'll sling around trades that I think, you know, I think are safe and, and people will think I'm crazy. So to each its own, uh, to me, you know, we've been in a raging bull market for eight months. If you look back at the last eight months and tell me that wasn't uh, a bull market, I, I I hate to see what you think yeah. of it. Yeah. Looks like so you know listen um stocks have been going to from the lower left to the upper right more and more of them are participating um february's a tough month it's been a tough month so far so it hasn't disappointed we're spending our time looking for stocks to buy what is what is our stocks going to do the rest of the year i have yeah. no idea i'm worried about this quarter this is okay, your time well, horizon is that what you're saying your time horizon's about like this my time horizon <laughs> is this quarter i'm looking at weeks and months Okay. I don't necessarily okay. what, care what happened today. I don't care what happens next year. I certainly don't know where the S&P 500 is going to be at the end of the year. I don't even know what I'm having for dinner tonight, yet alone where S&Ps are going to be on December the 31st. I know where I'll be what? drinking champagne. I don't know where the S&P is going to be. There you <laughs> go. You're, that's, a, that's a Toby move, drinking the champagne and being in the limousine, I got to say. All right, well, listen, sure that's let's like leave. just like a general move, right? Isn't that like the move? <laughs> Drink that is the beers. move. Absolutely. All right, listen, right now, guys, let's, uh, let's close out on that block. Because, JC, I do want to get some of those picks. I know you're talking about some bullish sentiment maybe over the next sound or short period. I know our listeners and viewers want to know what some of those picks are. So please stick with us on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll be right back. Buy, Hold, Sell Live, brought to you by Transformity Research. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcast, And remember, don't believe everything you read. 
Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis, from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss, is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell on this down day. The Dow down 430 points this We're going for a third straight losing week in the Dow. We're actually going to look like we're going to have a losing week in the S&P 500 as well. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger. We are, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith. We have from allstarcharts.com, J.C. Ferretz, who is joining us. He is definitely the MVP. He knows his stuff. And J.C., in the last block, you were talking about really some, I would say, short-term bullish sentiment right now. Do you have any specific equity picks, though, that you'd recommend to the audience? You know, the first thing I, I shouldn't say the first thing I learned, one of the <laughs> most important things I say I learned early on is from a, a technician by the name of Jeff DeGraff. And one of the things that he would focus on was first identify what type of market environment are we in? Mm-hmm. Market environment is, and then decide which tools and strategies are best served for that particular market environment. So if you're in a high volatility environment, your low volatility strategies are gonna suck, right? If you're a trend in, in a trending market environment, your mean reversion strategies aren't gonna be very good, right? And if you're in a range bound market and a sideways messy market, your moving average crossover or whatever, uh, whatever you know. Uh, trend following strategy you're incorporating, you're going to get chopped up. You're going to get chopped up all day, right? Um, there are There's a time and a place for everything. So the first thing we want to do is identify what type of market environment we're in. I'd argue, based on the weight of the evidence, uh, overwhelmingly suggests that we're probably in the second inning of a bull market. And what happens in that environment wow. is that the shorts that are o- have overstayed their welcome, because we have the data, they've overstayed their welcome. They are overly short. The last remaining stocks 
uh, that, that were still going down, and now they're getting squeezed. If you are a short seller, if you are betting that the price of the stock is going down, all you're doing is promising that you're going to buy it back in the future. You're making a promise that uh-huh. you're a future buyer. As shareholders, all you're doing is being a future seller. Right. If you're a shareholder, you're just promising to sell in the future. If you're a short seller, the only way to unwind that is to buy it back. And as the price starts going against those short sellers, they have to cover it at a higher price. And some humans are just very stubborn and they don't cover it. And then that's when the margin clerks come in and they cover it for them. And you want to know something funny about margin clerks? They don't Hello? use limit orders. They use yes. market orders. They use market orders. Yes, I, JC, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, again, I, I'm just, I'm not a good short seller. I, I use options to bet against. I don't use uh, shorting. But the mechanics of that, because I can remember in the day, like 2002, getting the call from Bear Stearns, uh, Mr. Smith, uh, you need to deposit $500,000 in this trading account of yours because you're upside down. So can, can I give you a Visa card for that? I mean, can I? Can I no, you need to wire $500,000, homeboy. Otherwise, we're going to close out all your stuff. And by the way, the margin clerks are particularly pissed off this morning. So it's, it's a cutthroat uh, part of the market and the average human being should not be there. I mean, there's no question about that. Right. I, I don't disagree with any of that. However, yeah. I think the average human being um, an investor in this market, I think it would be prudent to take a look at uh, stocks that have very high short interest, particularly in this environment. You look at something like Beyond Meat, the, the whole world agrees that making fake shrimp out of plants is a stupid <laughs> idea. It's a dumb idea. It's disgusting. It's just it's just chemicals and poison, and it tastes like shit. Everybody agrees. <laughs> Everybody agrees to the point where everybody was short the stock. Anybody who felt that making fake shrimp out of plants was a dumb idea already short the stock to the point where 40% of the float was short. 40%. So I think the short squeeze is just getting going. Stock already doubled once. I think it doubles, maybe even triples from current levels. The risk management level is 16. If we're below 16, you can't own Beyond Meat. It's probably going to zero. Fake shrimp's a dumb idea. But <laughs> but it doesn't mean that we can't be long. If we're above 16, I like it long. I think it goes to 40. And Bed Bath & Beyond is another one. Listen, I'm not saying Bed Bath & Beyond is going to be the next Amazon. I'm surprised it's not already at zero, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it's doubled <laughs> twice this year. So there's this there's this fake news out there that earnings is what drives stock prices. That's bullshit. What drives stock prices is positioning and the mechanics of the market and understanding how that uh-huh. works. I'll give you another one. Look at Silvergate. This thing's got almost 80% of the float short. George Soros just came out with a short position. Silvergate is like a crypto bank or something like that. Yeah, yeah. scam probably going to zero. Who knows? Uh, but it doesn't mean it can't double from here. Uh, if it's above 17, below 17, leave it alone. Let it go to zero without us. Above 17, I like it long. I think it goes to 50, Toby. Whoa. Dude, dude, you're preaching to the choir. Uh, <laughs> But that's trading. And that's the, the one point, you know, we try to make here is there's a difference between investing and trading. And I happen to use, you know, with our uh, funds that we we use options on it uh, just simply because it's much lower cash money out of it. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you, JT, I've been blown away today. I, I got the number from Bloomberg that almost 50 percent of option trades were one day trades. Can you explain that to me? Well, they exist now. um, And the reason they exist is because there was demand for it. And if we've learned anything about Wall Street over all these years, and you 
my friend, many more years. You could see it in the gray hair. Um, <laughs> never the, and I've been at this for 20 years. You could you could double my tenure. Uh, so at least, at least. Is if hey, shut Street, up, Todd. Who asked you? Go ahead. If, if Wall Street is going to make money on it, uh, they will it. build it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, if they come, it will be built. And, and that's what this is. So yeah. it's not for the faint of heart. There are institutions that are using those products uh, for reasons that have little to do with speculation. In fact, in many cases, they're using those products to hedge a lot of their other positions. So I wouldn't overthink, you know, the intraday action in those uh, options markets. Um, if you trade those vehicles, God bless you. Uh, you know, but just understand that institutions are using them for a lot of reasons. And it's yeah, not I'm necessarily with because they're making directional bets. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. You know, Todd, I, um, I have a friend He's a former uh, professional football player who's out here for the Chiefs game. And I sent him a text during over the oh, last... Back up, back up. Why is it the Chiefs game? Wouldn't it be the Chiefs-Eagles game? No, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, he's too cheap to hire us to manage his money. He doesn't have enough money to have, have us manage it anyway. But I would just for... In like 2010, I wrote this thing uh, in that little paper, the New York Times, about how if the Fed is going to actually make money free, then the only possible uh, outcome for this is that you better be long every crazy, you know, tech stock, so on and so forth, because there's going to be this thing. I, you know, turn to be right. So I would say just buy the QQQ. And we never sold it until, you know, January of 2020. And about every three months, I'd send him, just keep long the QQQ, just keep long QQQ. And he finally sent me a statement and, and he, he tripled his money uh, by just buying the QQQ. But yeah. the profound lesson was here is that other than that, he never opened up the newspaper. He never listened to stuff. He never let watch anything. He just, you know, stayed long. Well, that time is over. I'm sorry, JC. I mean, the idea that, you know, now that we're going okay. back to, yeah, money, you know, costs something and value has some meaning and dividends have some meaning. In the short term, guys like JC can trade the crap out of this crazy market we have. But for actual investors, uh, it, it's not it's not very easy right now for them. Well, totally. I'll, 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 I'll push back on that. Sure. Um, these short squeezes, we're all over them because it, it's what's working right now, right? Um, but the beauty of technical analysis is that we can adapt to any market environment. Your friend, your football player made a lot of money in technology throughout that environment where interest rates were falling, which those are the types of stocks that historically do well when interest rates are falling. Yep. You also have the types of stocks that do well when interest rates are rising, things like financials, things like industrials. Things like materials, energy, it has nothing to do with trade It has to or investing. It has to do with identifying the market environment that we're in. If you believe mm -hmm. we're in a rising rate environment, the stocks that should be doing the best, by the way, are doing the best. Industrials, materials, financials, energy, those have been the best performers. The fact that we got a mean reversion while interest rates were taking a break uh, in the worst performing sectors is more of a function that it's a bull market and the laggards tend to catch up uh, to the leaders in bull yeah. markets. And that's precisely what what's going on, but I'll push back on this is trading, this is investing. No, no, no. It's identifying the market environment. It's just a market environment where the shorts are getting squeezed. And that's what we want to take advantage of. Now, taking a step back, we want to be in the value-oriented areas. Those areas are working out, industrials, things of that nature. Let me point you to uh, an advertising agency stock, Omnicom OMC. This company pays a 3% yield. More importantly, it's raised their dividends every year for nine consecutive years. Uh, and it's breaking out to new highs. If it's above 90, we want to be long. I think it goes to 118. Below 90, leave it alone. Above 90, we want to be long. Uh, I think it goes to 118, pays a 3 
3% yield. It's an $18 billion market cap. And again, I'll reiterate, it's raised their dividends nine consecutive years. It has nothing to do with charting or technical yeah. analysis. And most people don't even know what those things are. The bottom line is, if you are looking specifically at stocks that have the ability to raise their dividends every year for nine consecutive years, they're doing something right. And the, and, and yeah. Wall Street agrees. You're right. There, there's yeah, this old right. lie that you want to buy low and sell high. I don't know what idiot made that up or the bigger fools that actually believe Toby. That, That's not how it works. <laughs> I did not make high, that. Sell higher. Asset <laughs> prices trend. If you're buying low, you're probably going to sell it even lower, right? That's just how the market works. It's not buy low, sell high. It's buy high, sell higher. If Omnicom's above 90, we're very aggressively long target of 117. I love it. Yeah, 30%, 30, 30 lift off of that. That's a, that's incredible. And I have to agree with you, too. If you're looking at dividends that are increasing over nine years, they definitely are doing something right. They have some spare cash to, to send around. Toby, any uh, any thoughts, though? I mean, because I know you were big. You were, you're out of the energy sector. But now all the talk now is that energy is going to be one of those winners uh, maybe in the, the first half of this year. Are you thinking about getting back in? Well, I mean, I've been investing in energy for 20 years. Um, and it's it's cyclical. Number one, we got okay. super long against uh, all the stuff that uh, Russia was being, you know, all the Brexit, which I call it. In other words, the Western world exiting from Russian energy. You know, again, JC, to your point, in a cyclical, particularly in commodity cyclical part, we reached a point where natural gas in the UK was. 40 times higher than it was a year ago. So that, you know, created real demand destruction. Then we had the LNG. Uh, every LNG ship in the world went over to Europe. And all of a sudden, there was 38 LNG ships floating around basically the ocean because they didn't have anywhere to put their, their gas. So there's actual physical things that happen in the energy business that, that, that are not economic driven. Um, they're just supply demand driven. Now, so we're out of that gas, but we still own natural gas energy trusts because they they lag about six months in time. So the the revenues they get, the dividends, we have one called NRT, which we love in Europe, pays us about a 25% yield, 25% yield, and is you know doubled in price over over these three, four months. But that's the micro world that I live in. I'm not I'm not investing in the macro, I'm looking in these very micro segments. The 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 change wave company that I started and is now part of SP Global and our new company, Transformity Research, is built on the concept of a secular transformation that creates more demand than supply. And it, I've applied that to energy for years and years and years, and we'll be back. But I'll tell you, to your point, if natural gas in the United States doesn't hold $2.45 in MBTU, it's going lower. Uh, and, and I don't want to be anywhere uh, near it. I want, to, I want to have a tradable bottom. And oh, by the way, the weather in the energy, particularly natural gas, can you also, you know, tell me what the weather's going to be for the next three months? Because uh, Europe was all set for natural gas disaster. And then all of a sudden they had the warmest winter in the last 50 years and natural gas prices follow weather. So, you know, it's not just as easy uh, as we're talking about here. There's a lot of variables when you're talking about oil, energy and, and uh, you know, any of those commodities. Yeah, you're right about that. All right. Well, JC, any final thoughts? You know, if I, if, if I can stress anything, it, it's what I was talking about before of identifying the type of market environment that you're in. You know, a lot of people, you know, with their recency bias are tech investors or growth investors. You know, before that, they were energy investors or bull <laughs> right. bugs. There's a time and a place for everything. Back in the 2000s, it was cool being a gold bug. I was a gold bug. All my heroes were gold bugs. Gold bug parties were the best. Vancouver's going wild. The parties in Whistler, out of control. JC, I've read for the gold bugs. for many years. 
You've been a gold bug. You're a you're a closeted gold bug now. I'm an OG gold bug. All right. Yeah, exactly. but, but and then in after 2011, over the next 10 years, you could have bought anything: yeah. stocks, you know, uh, uh, bonds, cryptocurrencies. It don't matter. You could have bought anything except, except gold. gold. And right. you, any idiot made money in that environment except yeah. the gold bugs, right? There's a time and a place for everything. Identify what market environment we're in and then decide which tools and strategies and assets are best for that environment. Rather than just trying to force whatever worked last year because yeah. you have a good, a good taste in your mouth. Well, Todd, Todd, the other, I mean, to, to Chasey's point, value investors, quote unquote, whatever that means, value, did not make money for eight years, nine years in a row. But they stuck to their discipline, JC. And, you know, the, the one day it was going to, you know, come around. And I always feel bad for investors who somehow uh, have ignored JC's advice and say, well, I'm, you know, uh, uh, Warren Buffett's made a lot of money. Dude, Warren Buffett, what, freaking 14% of Apple? That, you know, maybe that was value. I don't know. But yeah, there's a time Apple. to be in value and there's a time to be in growth. And right. when interest rates are rising, it ain't growth. I'm with you. Right, right with about you. that. Well, listen, this was some sensational, outstanding advice for the audience, that's for sure. So, JC, everybody can find you at allstarcharts.com. JC Parrots, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Please, everybody, go to allstarcharts.com. Sign up there. I know you get a 30-day free trial. Definitely something. If you like his knowledge from this show, you're going to love his knowledge from there. So we and Todd, really I, thank I, you for joining us. Next time we us. have JC on, I'm going to get a makeup artist to go over him because he's muy blanco. Eh? I, I, you know, yeah, you got to get up. I'm building my new studio. It's almost done. I'm all, I'll, oh, be yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll look prettier for you next time, Toby. I never met, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I never met, even in, in Cuba, I never met anybody as white as you. But of course, it is winter, so. That's okay. Don't don't worry, JC. None of us will ever be as pretty as Toby because in his <laughs> mind, that's how he always thinks. So, so listen. Thanks again for joining us on behalf of JC Paris and Tobin Smith. I am Todd Schoenberger. Thanks again, and please catch us next time on Buy Hold Sell. Take care. Ciao. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.